And um, last week, I took some time just to talk a little bit about a year of proclaiming uh, that we talked about that I will not hide and I will not be silent. What is God going to do? How is Harvest VA going to posture ourselves in being ready? And, and what is Harvest looking forward to, believing for, that something good is going to happen? So the series we've been in has been the year of the Lord's favor. And I've, been, I've opened up this basically this series using a scripture that's found in Isaiah 61 that I want to read just one more time to you. I'm using verses 1 and 2, and, and this is what it says. You guys can follow along with me. And it says this, that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, if you guys can back this mic down a little bit, that'd be great, is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Can I get an amen for God's word? This is about proclaiming Jesus in our new year. It's about giving everything of who we are and, and, and who we're going to be into the hands of Christ and about his anointing and his fulfillment in our lives. We've talked about over the past three weeks that, that, that basically Isaiah 61 is about proclaiming it. We're believing it. We're, we're, we're believing that it's going to be fulfilled. So today, I want to talk to you just briefly about the subject of the year of hope. Everybody say hope. Hope is a powerful word. In the basic dictionary definition of hope, it basically is going to say this, that it is to trust in, to wait for, or to look for, or that you're desiring for something to happen. Um, I hope, um, I, listen, I, Pastor Charger spoke this past Wednesday, and he was talking about how English is, was one of the, or is one of the hardest languages in the world just simply because of how we take words and we can use them in so many different ways. Like, for instance, hope. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done this where you pulled up to, to a, a party that you're going to go in or, or to an event and you say uh, something like, uh, man, I hope this is not what I think it's going to be. Or you pull up and you say, I hope that this is not going to go for more than two hours. And so when we're using the word in that way, we're using it with, as, with concern. Or there's a little bit of distress in there. Or apprehension. Then there's the way of using this hope this way. When I was 11 years old up until I was 16 years old, I hoped for every Christmas that I would get a Honda three-wheeler. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? If you don't, listen, there's, there, was this, there was a time and era when these were put out. And right here, take a look at them. 1977, 1980. Come on, how many of you guys remember these? Okay. I wanted one. My friends had them in the neighborhood. And they were, they listened. This is literally what they called them, the collarbone crushers. Because, listen, you can say that you rode a three-wheeler, but if you didn't get thrown off one, you didn't ride a three-wheeler. You know what I'm saying? And so we would, I would hope every Christmas for this to happen. I wanted one of these. And I, I can tell you so many stories of accidents that I had on these things. But for one of them was I was up at my cousin's house. He had a Honda 110, ATC 110, something like that. And we were out riding around. And we went way away from his home. They lived on a, a massive amount of property. And, and we were jumping dirt ramps. And luckily, we didn't get hurt. We hadn't, because how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? When you jumped with these, you bounced for, you know, you did all this. And they, they would float across water, the whole thing. 
Well, anyway, we're out there having fun. Well, we're coming back, and we had to go through this kind of pasture where there was some cattle. It wasn't a lot of cattle, but when we were going through, my cousin stopped, and I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, that bull's messing with the, and we looked over, and there was this bull kind of bullying. <laughs> it's kind of funny to say it that way, but he was bullying some of the other cows, and so he said, throw a rock at him so he'll stop. I said, dude, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, and so I jumped off the ATC, and I, I picked up a little rock, well, about that big, and I threw it, and I was wanting to hit him on the shoulder, and guys, it clocked him right on the top of his head. It didn't take him two seconds, and he was charging after us. I jumped on the back of that ATC, and man, we took off, and guys, luckily he, you know, we outran him, but he tuckered out, but guys, when we took the turn, turn to come out of where we were, my cousin hadn't slowed down, and it did exactly what the three-wheeler did. It just turned over, and we went flying across the dirt in the grass and the whole thing. And, guys, here's the whole deal about this is I know exactly why my mom and dad never got me one of those. <laughs> That's why they don't even make those things anymore. But I hoped for it. When we use hope in that way, we're talking about that I wish. That we're wishing for it as like a reward it literally says in the definition of it, or the synonym of this, is like we're daydreaming for it, that you could hope all you want, but you're not going to get it. Then there is hope when we're talking about our hope that we have in Jesus. And guys, let me say something. There's, there's a definition that maybe theologically we could all set on would be something like this, that, that hope is a quiet, calm assurance that God is working even when you can't sense him or sense it. Now, some of you don't get all high and mighty on me saying, oh, Pastor Matt, I'm, I'm leaving the church because he said we can't sense God. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Guys, there are times where times get so dark. We can be depressed. We're financially bound. There's things that are going on, and we're just not flowing in the spirit like we normally would. But even though we feel that way, what this is saying is he is still at work in our lives. Can I get an amen on that? So, so, in the, so, so basically the biblical, if you want to look at it, the biblical definition of hope, it would be something like this. Biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. We're expecting it to happen. I don't just believe in Jesus. I believe he's going to come back for me one day. Amen? I'm expecting this to happen. And for a lot of people, and even maybe for some of us that are in this room today, we keep our hope low because we don't want to get disappointed. There's that fear of disappointment. I had a friend in um, California that came to our church up in uh, the San Francisco area, and he, he got saved. He came out of the, the gang, uh, East 14th Street, and got saved, radically saved. But um, he, would, he, was a, a, he was the king of self-sabotage. Whenever God would start doing something good in his life, he would sabotage it in some way. And one day we were out to dinner, and I called him on it. I was saying, dude, why do you do this? Every time, like in business or whatever you're trying, you, you sabotage yourself. And he sat there for a while and he says, he goes, bro, he goes, it goes back to when I was a little kid. He says, when my dad left my mother and me, he said for three, close to four years, he said every night and every day, he would hope and dream that his dad was going to come back to them. 
And every day he would wake up or every night he would go to bed and his father uh, did not return and he never returned. And so what happened was, was all that hope that he had in his heart was replaced with hate. And here's the thing is, is that the beauty in the story was eventually, I, I saw him. I saw him not only get radically saved, but I saw him replace that hate that he had put in his heart back with hope. There's a scripture in Proverbs 13, 12, and I'm going to read this to you, but it's actually one of the most taken out of context scriptures that people will read because they're not reading it correctly. And it says this right here, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you know what, P.S., some people read that, that is that if I hope, it's going to end up hurting my heart. But that's not what the scripture is saying. I want you to look at it in the, uh, in the Passion Translation. It says it this way, that when hope's dream seems to drag on and on and delay can be depressing, but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Say, Pastor Matt, well, I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm tired of, of being heartbroken. Or I can't handle another disappointment in my life right now. Hebrews 11:6 6 says it this way, that it is impossible to please God without what? Now, here's what's really interesting. You're saying, Pastor Matt, that's not hope. That's not. Well, let's go back to Hebrews 11:1, 1, just a few scriptures before. Now, faith is being sure of what we what? Hope for. So it's very, very important that we keep this up. Listen, if you are believing for it, then you are expecting it to happen. That's the hope that I'm talking about. Let me declare this over the church this morning. It is time to get our hopes up. Harvest, it's time to get our faith up. It's time for you and me to believe for more, that, that to declare for more, that 2023 is going to be the year of the Lord's favor. God loves it when we dream big. God loves it when we operate from a place of strong hope. Give me an amen. So I want to give you three quick thoughts to encourage you that this will be a year of hope. And the first thought is this right here. Start praying hope-filled prayers. Church, I want to encourage you to start praying hope-filled prayers. One of my prayers for this year during my fast was that my hope is that over the next five to ten years that hundreds will come into this building and find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that we as a church will stand ready for it. I'm believing this. This is a huge part of my vision for this church, that we are pointing people to Jesus, that we are inviting. Oh, Pastor Matt, I'm not good at inviting people to church. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You can text. You can go and have coffee with people. You can start doing life, and as you're doing life with people, you can join a home group or start a home group. Listen, remember, we talked about this last week, to start using our mouths because we are the mouthpieces of the Most High. Amen? We get to proclaim him. And so, so it's, it's, it's easier than you think to be able to point somebody to this church. And we're believing that this is going to happen. You have a pastor, and I just want to say this with, with all just humbleness, that you have a pastor that doesn't just want to play church. You have pastors that desire to see people find God and that they would be welcomed with open arms. Our hope is that this house will always and will remain a safe place, that we would see healed hearts and radically transformed lives, that we have to start becoming intentional about this. You know, I've had, I, 
I was sick for quite a bit of December, but I started having conversations with people around the third week of December, and and into just literally just this last week, I had some coffee with a, a young man here in the church, and, and, and the conversation has been this, about becoming intentional about what God has put in our hearts, and that that faith and that hope would begin to rise up so much that we're actually expecting it, that it's going to happen, but we have to be intentional about believing it. We have to be very intentional about putting ourselves before the Lord and listening and receiving from him. If we are not believing what we pray for, we will miss what God is doing. Because, see, listen to this right here is that I'm believing for every person in this room that there is going to be a major shift in your life. In my, in my um, fast... I think it was literally on the eighth day, something shifted in me, and I've got to share it with you. I just got, I have to share it because you have to understand that since 2015 or 14, um, I, I finally had come out of a very dark place, and God had, had healed that part. But my prayer life, though, is I prayed for my family and I prayed for my extended family, which are my cousins and my aunt and uncles. I have a cousin right now that is the lead guitarist for Lady Gaga, and I am praying for him to come back to Jesus. But when I would pray these things, it would hurt my heart. It was more of like, God, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know if you're ever going to be able to do this. And I would get into this place of that's my prayers were like, Lord, how long is it going to be and all this? But something shifted during my fast. And you know what it was? That as I pray now for my family and my extended family, for my aunts and uncles who do not know Jesus, something has shifted. Now I actually see them coming back to Jesus. There's some joy in the way that I'm praying for them now because I'm believing for it. I'm expecting it. There is a hope that one day that they will all come back to Jesus. My family, everybody coming to find Jesus, I want it to happen. If we are trying to operate from a place of hurt instead of hope, we are going to miss what God is trying to do. There is a prayer that um, comes out of the Old Testament. It's a very short amount of scripture, but it's about a man called Jabez. We've all, we've all read probably the book of Jabez and all this, but, but there's literally just a few scriptures that even talks about him. His name comes from his mom was giving birth to him, and he brought her so much pain during the labor and childbirth that she named him Jabez, which means pain. So, but listen, look, guys, let's look at this together. This is what he prayed right here. 1 Chronicles 4.10, Jabez cried out to, the, to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So I want them to leave this up for you, but as I, I take you through this, I want you to see what, what I'm seeing in the scripture. First is, he says, oh, that you would bless me. So he is, he is crying out to the Lord and asking him for blessing. He goes on to say to enlarge my territory. So what he's saying right there is, give me influence. God, give me influence. Bless me with influence. Let your hand be with me. I want your anointing to be upon my life. And keep me from harm and free from pain. And that's protection. Everybody say protection. See, you don't have to fear about getting your hopes up in God because he's going to protect that. He really is, I promise you. You, know, I, you might say, well, I don't want to hurt anymore. I, I want to be able to trust, to believe, and to have hope. And you might begin to pray this. Help me to begin, God. Help me just to start. Help me to start moving forward. I want your protection. Church, why not 
Open your mouths wide and let him fill it, proclaiming and declaring and praying hope. Praying hope and believing for it, a hope-filled prayer, and expect God to grant your request. God, would you bless me? Would you bless my life? God, would you give me influence? I don't want this to be about me, but I want others to see who you are. God, would you anoint my life, anoint my words, and anoint my year? God, would you protect me? Would you protect my home? Would you circle angels around my camp, put a hedge of protection around me? Come on, you guys. I need your hand on my life. See, my hope in Christ is going to take me to the next level. And I want you guys to be able to believe the same thing. That as you put your hope deeper in God, in Christ, in his Holy Spirit, that he is going to take you to the next level. Amen. Next level faith. Next level hope. Amen. I love that Jabez cried out to God, proclaiming and declaring and praying a prayer of hope. But I love how the scripture ends. And God granted what? His request. Everything he asked for, God gave him. Come on, church. That's what I want. Let's start praying hope-filled prayers. Here's my second thought. That this will be a year of hope. We need to start thanking God that our hope is real. Back in 1984, me and a couple of my friends, we were going to go see Van Halen. So we got up real early, went to the record store, stood in line, you know, got there super early. They were going to do like two shows, and I think they ended up having to do three, but we got there. And uh, we were number five and six in the line. I'll never forget it. We got to the record store, and we're standing there, and, and guess what we're doing? We're, talking, we're, 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 we're doing dreaming now. We're hoping, like, oh, man, we're going to get these tickets. We're going to be up front, or we're going to be at least up on the front. Right? You know, we, it's all hope. We're just hoping for this great thing. So they open the door, and they start letting people in, and real quickly, I mean, by, you know, we get in, five and six, we go up to the deal, and the lady goes, okay, it's gonna, uh, here's what we've got. And she, back then, there's no computers, you know what I'm saying, so she turns around this pad and shows it to us and kind of starts pointing and guys, we're looking at it, we're going, wait a second, these seats are at the very, like, back. Like, they're on the back of the floor, like, back, like back of the lower level. And, I'm, and we're looking at her, and then all of a sudden it dawns to, on us, there's hundreds of stores in Texas, northern Texas, that are opening up at the same time. There's people that were smart enough to stay in bed and actually pick up the phone and start calling Ticketmaster instead of going and standing in three hours of a line. Did we get our tickets? Yeah. Did we get what we hoped for? No. We put our faith in football teams. Look, we're, we're going, there's Super Bowls coming up real quick, and, and we'll put our faith every year, man, our team's going to go, and then, or, or it's one player. Let's talk about it that way. We'll put our hope in one player. That player's going to take the Super Bowl. You know what? I'm going to use my team just as an illustration. Mine is the San Francisco 49ers. You guys check this out. Look at what I do with, look, look what I do with the footballs. Y'all like the footballs and stuff? I, I, you know, that's, come on, guys, come on. All right, so, so here, here's what happened. Trey Lance started out as our quarterback, and I remember all my buddies I used to play basketball with, they're online writing all this stuff. I've got cousins that just love, them. all my family loves the Niners, and they're like, Trey Lance is going to take us to the Super Bowl. Ohio State rookie coming in, yeah, he's going to take us to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Five games in, guess what? Injured. Jimmy Garoppolo, did you know that while, while we were like playing games and all this, they had Jimmy Garoppolo on another field outside the stadium training, and we were going to ship him off to another team. He comes in, takes over, we start getting on a winning streak. Guess what they're saying? Oh, Jimmy G, Jimmy G's going to take us to the Super Bowl. We just believe it, man. What do you think, Matt? You know, I'm like, I don't know, dude. Week 12, guess what? Injured. 
And then a guy that nobody knows about named Brock Purdy comes in, Mr. Irrelevant, taken last in the NFL draft. He is on a six-game winning streak, that, and first time in NFL history that a rookie has done this, taking us into the play. Guess what the language is right now? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is going to take us to the Super Bowl. You know, and guys, so far, everything's looking pretty good. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But I just know, listen, everybody can agree with me on this. In the blink of an eye, something can happen and everything can change. Okay? That's what, that's what I know. Think about all the hope that we put in our government, the men and women in our governor. But I just want to say this. We know someone that is greater than football. We know someone who is greater than government. And his name is God. His name is Yahweh, Elohim, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. He is Holy Spirit. God is our real hope. Give me an amen. And you see, in our real hope, it rests in Jesus. His Holy Spirit allows us to fill his presence and that we can look forward to our future hope. Our hope is real, and we need to start giving God thanks. I am thankful that our hope does not lie with the men and women that we put in the White House. Guys, let me just take you back. Let's just go back 20 years or more. Nobody was happy when President Bush was in office. Nobody was happy when President Clinton was in office. Nobody was happy when Obama was in office. Nobody was happy when Trump was in office. And now nobody's happy that Biden is in the office. We cannot put our hope in the men and women that we put in government. We can pray for them, but they are not our hope. Our hope lies with the man who went to the cross and died for us and was raised on the third day. Our hope is for the man, his name is Jesus, the Son of God, who will return for us one day. When God isn't real, we tend to search for things that are higher, and we will set them up and put our hope in them. That's what happens. We have a world right now that that's all they're doing is constantly searching. What's your sign Tarot, uh, tarot cards, tarot cards, they'll go to the palm readers, they'll do everything. They'll go to the Church of Scientology, the Church of Mormon. They'll go everywhere just trying to find something that is higher. But I want to say this, that but when God becomes real, hope becomes real. Job 8, I've been trying to encourage you this year, just trying to give you scriptures that I think would be a powerful devotional for you. Here's another one. And it's found in Job 8. If you have some time, read it. This is what I do when I do a devotion. When somebody gives me like a verse, I like reading the chapter before. And I like reading the chapter after as well. Because it gives you a really kind of broad picture of what you're reading in the chapter you're studying. Well, in chapter 8, Job begins by listing these crazy things. They're not good. Things, horrible things that are happening, and this, you know, this is going to happen, this is happening, and, and all this has started, started to happen and all this. But he finally gets to verse 13, and he says, that's what happens to all who forget God, all their hopes come to nothing. So basically, he lists these things, and he says that when you forget God, this is what's going to happen, and your hope is going to be gone. 
It then goes on, and well, let me say it this way, forgetting God. What do, you, what do you mean by that, Matt, Pastor Matt? Well, how about this right here? When we forget God, that would be like us operating with no faith. It's where we start doing life uh, our way. We're gonna, we, we feel like we can do it on our own. That's where we're giving up, or we've replaced God with something else. That when we do this, all our hopes come to nothing. Now, in Job 8, he goes on to explain why why this happens, when, what, what, why it happens when we forget God. Because He goes on. This is, this is the message. It's not going to come up on the screen, so just check this out. He says, because they hang their life from one thin thread. Or, say, or he says, they hitch themselves to a spider web. How many of you guys have ever caught yourself in a web? Come on, come on. And I'm not talking about walking through some old house and getting a spider in your hair, web in your hair. I'm talking about where you got yourself trapped in a web of lies. Or you stepped in, for, you know, just face first, you fell into a web of addiction or, or whatever that looks like. But, but this, is what, this is what Job is talking about. He goes on to say they're like weeds that grow fast, but eventually the gardener comes along and he rips them out. Here's the interesting thing about weeds. Weeds for a season, they're kind of pretty when they come up. They're different, yellow, purple, they got white flowers, you know, all these things. But eventually the gardener doesn't want them there and he comes and he rips them out. Have you ever been around somebody who is hopeless? I have been doing funerals. I've done hundreds of funerals in the 33 years that I've been in ministry. And I can tell you that more than you would believe, I have done funerals where not one person attending has any hope, including the man or woman that was in the casket. No hope. No relationship with God, no hope of eternity. I've had families actually meet me at the door and say, you don't need to send, you know, read any scriptures or anything. We just need you to kind of emcee it and whatever. And I go, I'm actually not going to do this funeral unless I can read scripture, unless I can tell the story you know, about Christ. And they'll end up letting me do it. But guys, even when I, after I get up there, there is nothing. You're listening to the stories they're sharing about the person. You're, you're, you're looking at the faces out there, and no one in the room has any hope or any knowledge of who Jesus is. And it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to be around. You see, and let me say this to everybody, in case there's somebody in this room that came in struggling with your faith, trying to work it out, you're not sure if you're gonna continue your relationship with God. Can I just say this to you right here? What the world has to offer cannot sustain what our DNA craves, and that is hope. It's in us from the day we are born. It is in every molecule of our body that we have hope of who God is and who Jesus is. It cannot fulfill what our souls long for, and that is hope. The further away that we separate ourselves from God, the less hope that we will have. The closer we get to God, when we draw near to him, the more hope we will have. Listen to how Job 8 actually ends. Check this out. It's going to come up on the screen for you. He will once again fill your mouth with laughter. Remember what I said, open your mouth wide. Open your mouth wide and let him fill it. Let him fill it with laughter and your lips will shout with shouts of joy. Remember what we talked about, it becomes the fruit of our lips. Remember that? Talking about life, that we're gonna be spinning seeds of life. 
Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the home of the wicked will be destroyed. I want to encourage you to thank God for the hope that we have in Jesus, because our hope is real. Our hope in God is real. It cannot be shaken, and it cannot be taken away. I am thankful for the hope of salvation. We will be delivered from these corrupt and dying bodies and the world. I am thankful for the hope of the resurrection, that when I die, that my story doesn't end here. I am thankful for the hope of eternal life, that I'm not just going to live forever, but I will be with God forever. I am thankful for the hope of glory, that we will all get to experience his glory firsthand as children, and we will always be in relationship with him. This is real, and this is something worthy to be thankful for. God is who I put my trust in. My hope is in him, and it cannot be shaken. Pastor Matt, or the, no, yeah, listen, storms are going to come. They come. We make decisions. We get hurt. We make decisions that we normally wouldn't make. There's going to be things that happens in the families. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be storms are going to come. But here's the thing is, my hope, though, will always be firm and secure. I think about that scripture in Hebrews 6, 19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Isn't that good? Look at, look at that same scripture in the message. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus has taken his permanent post. Start thanking God for the hope that you have because it's true and it's real. Let's have the worship team come on up. You guys, let's give them a hand. What a powerful time of worship. <laughs> Thankful for them. And I want to give you this third and final thought. I promise you this is not a long thought, but I, I think it's important that we talk about it. Third thing to encourage you that this will be a year of hope. We need to start living in the hope we found in Jesus. Amen. Start really actually living it. I, you could actually take that last part right there where it says start living, and you could say start moving or start growing or start sharing in the hope that we have found in Jesus. Let this be a year that we step into the promises that God has made and that we would recognize, and we would recognize when he is granting or he is blessing us with the requests. There is um, a scripture that comes out of Romans. Again, let me just say this just in case a lot of you didn't catch this last week. If you look at a scripture and you think, wow, that's a powerful scripture, and you just want to see it in another translation, you can take this right here, Romans 15, 13, type it in Google, and you put right after it, just put Bible Hub. Bible Hub will then come up, and it will have about 20 to 30 different translations of that same scripture. This is just to encourage you in your devotions. But the one that I've really enjoyed reading with this scripture is found in the Passion Translation. I want you to look at this with me. Now, may God, the fountain of hope... Fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until, what does it say? Until you radiate with hope. I love that translation. That we would radiate with hope. 
That means that wherever we walk into, whatever room we walk into, whatever circumstance or situation that we walk into, our lives are radiating the hope of Jesus Christ. Come on, amen? It's a powerful, powerful scripture, radiating with hope. People will be drawn to you. They'll be saying, tell me just what's going on that's so great in your life. That when you draw close and you're getting ready for an increase of hope and you keep looking forward with expectation. That's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of this message, that he is going to bless the hopes and the desires that we have while, it's here, while we're here on earth, but it's also speaking to that eternity that we will have with him, and we get to look forward to it because we're expecting it, amen? I can't, I can't wait for this. But what is your need today? As they begin to play, I, um, let's go ahead and turn on that key if you don't mind. What is, what is your need today? Is there a financial blessing that you need? Is there healing in your body? Is it that you need relationship help? Some of you might be saying, Pastor Matt, I need a new job. Or I need a new house. There could be some in here that you, you hope one day that addiction is actually going to lose its grip. Did you know, guys, that we live in a world right now that addiction just isn't alcohol and drugs? Things that people are addicted to, God can free them. Everything answers to the name of Jesus. And maybe your need is today is that you just want to have peace about your eternity. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to take it to Jesus. Is there someone in your life that needs encouraging? I would say speak the words of hope that bring life because our God is real. Hope is real. And I am declaring over this entire body that no matter what comes in this lifetime, no matter what the doctor's report is, no matter how many turn the people turn their back on me and you, no matter what I'm seeing or how I feel, I know this. I have an eternal hope, and it is found in Jesus. That 2023 is going to be a year of hope. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you that this will be this, the year that you start praying hope-filled prayers. That you start thanking God that our hope is real. And that we start living in the hope that we have all found in Jesus. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Let's just thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. And I'm just going to ask... Uh, William and the team, I want them to just start to sing the song. We're going to sing this for a couple of minutes. Let's just worship, and then we're going to go into a quick prayer time. But let, let's just worship the Lord together. Come on. Let's do it. Chains fall.